the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, happy June. It is the month of June already. I am on this wonderful uh, summer schedule, enjoying the sunshine and the sunshine state here in Florida. I don't know where you're at, but I hope wherever you're at, it's starting to heat up uh, and it's starting to be sunny. For us and Floridians, this is like a time where we get a different season. Throughout the year, it's hot. Now it's just too hot to handle. It's blazing hot. Okay, and so it just gets hot to hotter. Those are the different type of seasons. But because my kids are in uh, summer break, that actually gives me a transitional work schedule. I get to sleep in a little bit more or rise early, do a lot more work while they're sleeping and then can spend time with them. And so, um, man, I love the summer. It's June. Time flies when you're having fun. This is episode number 16. And today we are going to talk about the importance of preaching to yourself. Preaching to yourself. That's right. I said yourself, not others, not people that you're leading, but actually speaking into your own lives. Words that are life-giving, that you will not buy into the lies of the enemy, but claim the promises of God for yourself. This is so important as a leader to be able to live by Jesus' truth and to speak truth into your life when the lies of the world and the enemy come into our mind. We either take every thought captive and preach the gospel this good news to ourself. And so I thought to, to emphasize this point, uh, I, I would get someone who I think is very optimistic. He even wrote a book sort of like that. Uh, it's Ben Corson from Hope Generation. He's out in Medford, Oregon, but he travels all over the world and he comes to Florida quite often. So I get to spend time with him and hang out with him. And so this was an interview that I did at our house as we were just hanging out. Um, at our house, at my house, as we were just hanging out, uh, because I wanted him to speak on this truth. Uh, there's this verse in, in Psalms uh, where David says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God. And Ben is such so good at just speaking forth the word of God to his own life, to claim the promises of God, uh, and speak hope into others. But I think before we do it to others, we have to do it to ourselves. And so uh, here is my discussion, my conversation, interview with Ben Corson about the importance of preaching to yourself. Hey everyone, I'm here with my good friend Ben Corson. Hi. Dude, so good to have you here in the, I loved you, dude. the beloved Delray Beach. The beloved Delray Beach. You travel all over the place. Yeah. And I'm just blessed when you're on my side of the country. I love coming to Florida because I love seeing Daniel Williams. Hey, well, uh, I'm here with Ben Corson, and we're going to talk about preaching to yourself. But before we talk about preaching to yourself, can you just give an update of what you're doing right now? Yes. How much you're preaching and um, just what you're doing with your life? Yeah. So I preach about 10 sermons a week. Um, do a TV show called Hope Generation that's on more than 180 countries now, which is super sick. Wow. On 11 different networks. And um, do a radio show called Hope Generation. We are here in Miami, uh, is one of, the, one of the places we uh, have our show. And then I just wrote a new book called Optimisfits, which I'm super, super excited about coming out in March. And uh, so some of the content I'll be talking about is from that book that I'm super stoked about. So that's what's new. Awesome, bro. 
So I want to talk to you about preaching, but not the normal preaching conversation. Most times when we think of preaching, we think of how to articulate a message, preach to people, which you just said you mm -hmm. preach many messages. Uh, it blows my mind sometimes when I hear how much you preach. Do you, are you ever get exhausted, man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exhaustion is the perpetual reality of my existence. So, uh, But it's good. It's fun. All you're doing is preaching. Pre and you're a preaching machine. I love your preaching. It's great. But instead of preaching to other people, which most pastors, most ministry leaders are accustomed to, today what I want to talk about with you is preaching to yourself. Yeah. Preaching to yourself. And here's why. Because we get so depressed, we get so discouraged so much that uh, we need to be sometimes schizo like David. Yeah. Why are you downcast on my soul? Put your hope in God. And yep. your, your message is one of hope. Hope, yep. And so why is your message hope? Uh, and why are you preaching this message of hope so much? Because some people say, man, Ben, I got problems. And I just say, welcome to humanity. Like, you can't go through life without having problems. In the world, you will have tribulation. And David experienced that. So he had to tell his own soul, why are you cast down on my soul? Hope in God, because hope is the antidote to anxiety. But when he was about to be stoned with rocks because he had lost all of his possessions, his men's stuff, their wives, everything was taken from him. Yeah. His men took up rocks to kill him. And it says that David went off by himself and encouraged himself in the Lord. And one of the problems is, is we as sometimes leaders are waiting for other people to encourage us when really we need to encourage ourselves. Yeah. The word encourage doesn't just mean warm, fuzzy feelings like a serotonin overflow. The word encourage comes from the French encourager, and en means encourager means courage. So to encourage yourself in the Lord literally means you put yourself in courage, and we have to do that like David did. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, can you give some, uh, share a little bit of your story about how you encouraged yourself when you were going through a hard time? Because yeah. I think a lot of people don't understand that about your story, um, that the reason why you're so passionate about hope is because yeah. God did a work in you. Can you give us just a yeah. little bit of practical taste of, you know, just so you're not doing these things for Twitter feeds or Instagram posts, yep. but this is who you are and God has yeah. done a great work in your life. Yeah, so I went through 10 years of chronic depression. My sister died in a car accident. My brother almost died two times the past five years due to brain tumors and malaria. My dad's first wife died in a car accident. I went through a romantic heartbreak two years ago that left me totally blindsided in the dark hurt. And sometimes we go through these things in life where we can't make sense of any of it. And when God healed my heart, when God gave me hope, that was that that became the one theme that would be my message. It was already going toward that direction. Yeah. But then I just determined I'm a one-trick pony. Like I'm gonna only talk about hope. Roger Federer, who's the greatest tennis player of all time, incontrovertibly. Roger Federer, it's interesting because he said a lot of tennis players try to work on their weakness. And the problem is you can work on your weakness and be a well-rounded player, but you're not going to be dangerous anymore. He was saying you should just focus on what you're good at and pour all of your energy into developing that, and that'll make you dangerous. And I think that's what makes us dangerous to the enemy is when we um, – don't just have like a breadth of knowledge. We have a depth of knowledge. Yeah. We're not just trying to, you know, shoot anywhere and hit nothing. Like we're very intentional and we want to hit a target. And my bullseye is hope. And I really want to give people hope. And one of the things that I found as a leader is that I can't give hope and serve that to others unless I've first been served my own dose of hope. And here's yeah. what I mean. Um, remember when Jesus washed his disciples' feet? It says that he put on a girdle to wash their feet. Now, 
What's interesting about that is, you know how like today we can tell who a person is based on what they wear. If he wears a uniform and a badge, he's a police officer. A jersey, a basketball player. A blue collar, a mechanic. A white collar, a business person. You can base an apron, you're a cook. You can tell basically what a person does by their proverbial attire. Well, back then, if you were a servant, you would wear a girdle. So if you walked around with a girdle, people would know, oh, that's a servant. Yep. In wealthy households, um, they would usually have a servant girl who would wash the feet of her guests. So Jesus was acting like Judas's servant girl and washing his feet with a girdle. It, it would have been shocking. That's why Peter said, there's no way you can do this. Like Peter actually protested this. And the interesting thing is, Peter thought that was godly. He's like, I should serve you. But Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part with me. In other words, let me serve you. Now people think, oh yeah, that's Jesus's first coming. But what about in Revelation? Well, in Revelation uh, chapter one, it says that Jesus is wearing a girdle in his present state of gold. Now gold is a king's medal. A girdle is servant's attire. So Jesus is still in heaven as a servant king. Wow. According to the apocalyptic literature of John, and he's saying, how can I serve you? See, we often say, how can I serve the Lord? And we try to run on an empty tank, but the Lord's saying, how can I, as your servant king, bless you? And I think sometimes we Come need on, to man. let him serve us. You just preach right there. Just, yeah. That's why I love hanging out with you, man. Let's go, dude. You just always make me smile, bring hope. Yeah, let's go. So the question is, since you, this is your, this is your one hit wonder, man. This mm -hmm. is your song that you're going to rock the rest of your life. Yes. How have you preached hope to yourself? What are the practical tips for you as a leader as you've gotten discouraged, which I know you have, gone through some stuff, how do you yeah. preach hope to yourself? Well, I actually have a message on this called Seven Keys to Defeat Depression. And I talk about some of it in Optimist Fits, but these are the things that I speak to myself. Okay. Um, the seven things, I'm gonna try to remember them off the top, but I might not be able to. Um, number one is, don't present an image to the world that's not who you are. Hmm. Like I'm a very fun venture, professional fun haver, live for a living. Like I'm very joyful, fun and sun seven on the Enneagram is my wing. So of course I'm gonna have fun. Like I, I used to think I had to be like this somber pastor, but no, one of the chief reasons people are depressed is because they have cognitive dissonance. They're trying to present an image to the world that's not who they really are. Ooh. Uh, number two, I'm actually going to look this up too because this is so important. Number two is the 10,000 hour rule. Like it was really big to me to practice my craft for 11,073 hours in five years. That was one of the biggest things um, because you can't wait for opportunity to roll up. You got to roll up your sleeve. Which by the way, I'm so proud of you for that. Thank you, dude. That's the hardest accomplishment I've ever done in we my life. We were just so. talking about that yeah. because you're the like 10 messages a week doing all this different stuff and everyone wants to be like this professional and what they don't see we were just talking off camera, like, I started teaching the Bible at 17. Yeah. You, teach, you started teaching the Bible at what age, 13? Well, third grade, I gave Th my first message. 16, I spoke regularly, yeah. Yeah, I think I may have gotten saved seven times listening to you. I don't know. It's Let's just, go. <laughs> but, dude, ultimately, if you're too big for the small things, you'll be too small for the big things. And, yeah. and like, I know people who won't do events because they're too small. And Dave Matthews Band, the reason they made it so big is because their bass player said, we played shows no one else would play. Like we did frat houses and they were willing to do event. Like we were willing to do what others won't do today so we can have what others can't have tomorrow. And they became the biggest touring band of the new millennium. Yeah, so amazing. I think with speaking, do like with your dreams, you, if you're too big for the small things, you'll be too small for the big things. I'm gonna, I know we only have a minute left on this part. Yeah. So I'm gonna just rush through this. Prayer walks, number three. 
No, don't rush to it. Okay. We'll just, I'll just edit it. Okay. I'm a master editor. Okay, perfect. Cool. Prayer, prayer walks so, number three. Give me some details. Prayer walks. Okay. okay, like pouring out your heart to God. Jesus said, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Talk to God like you would a best friend. Not just missionaries in Zimbabwe. Not just hedges of protection. I echo that. Echo, echo, echo. You know, like really talk to him. Yeah. No Christianese. Just like talk to him. Yep. That was a huge thing for me. By the way, if you go on a 40-minute brisk walk three times a week, neuroscience tells us you enlarge your hippocampus. The hippocampus is the seat of memory in your brain. I'm really glad that you explained that to me. because And I it, it wards off Alzheimer's. Okay. So usually your hippocampus shrinks when you get older and get Alzheimer's because that's where your memory is. But when you walk, it enlarges it. So the Bible often emphasizes walking, walk worthy of your calling. Mm. Um, Enoch walked with God and was translated up. Yep. Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Yeah. There's something about physical walking to release the endorphins in the brain. A 40 minute jog has the same effect on your brain as antidepressants. Wow. Like, like there's something about exercising and like walking okay. and talking to God about your problems that, <laughs> that like, like, a, like, a, you know, when you like a girl, you're like, you hang up first. She's like, no, you hang up first. You just are praying without ceasing. Cause you never quite hang up the phone. You just keep talking. Yeah. So, um, okay. Number four uh, is follow your dreams. I, it sounds Disney channel, but let me say, <laughs> let me say, follow your heart. That's Hannah Montana. Let me remind you that so many Christians say following your heart is a self-help message that is not biblical. The only problem with that is, is they quote the old Testament. They say the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. They're quoting Jeremiah. That's the old. Yeah. If you're in the old covenant, it's probably a bad idea. Yeah. But, but God but, does give us a new heart. He gives us a new heart. He regenerates our heart. And then Hebrews says in our new heart, he on our new heart, he writes his laws on the tablets of our heart. So if he's writing his law on the tablet of your heart, shouldn't you listen to that? Like, shouldn't you follow what he's writing on your heart? That's so good. following your heart is the new covenant. And I think there, there's, there's all, it runs throughout the, it's like a thesis thread that runs through the treatise of truth. David said, delight yourself in the Lord. He gives you the desires of your heart. Psalm 145, 19, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. Proverbs 10, 24, the desire of the righteous will be granted. Psalm 20, may the Lord grant your heart's desire. Psalm 21, 2, the Lord has granted me my heart's desire. The book of Acts says, old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions from the book of Joel. Paul said, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Like when oh. you visioneer and turn reality into a dream melody, mm -hmm. delight yourself in the Lord. Follow the dreams he put on your heart because that's the only way to being your authentic self. Like that's the only way to being, to become who God like had destined you to be all along. Yeah. So that, that's one. And then just real briefly, number five, friends. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And a lot of us think we want to disappear when what we really want is just to be found. Yeah. And so, uh, leaders go into isolation. Those are the bad leaders. Good leaders go into infiltration and you can't go it alone. It's not good that man should be alone. That's the first thing God didn't like about his creation. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. So he remedied it right away with yeah. Eve. Um, friend ventures, big. Uh, number six, this is, we're almost done uh, with this part. Let God love the heavens right into you. Don't do anything. Just yay God. Enjoy the joy being enjoyed by God. Like just sit there and let him love on you and don't do anything. That's probably the biggest one. And then number seven, <laughs> I'm dead serious, dude. There's just, don't do anything. Just sit there and let them love you. I love how you made that point. You said nothing and you're like, that's the biggest one. It is. So just do nothing. Do nothing. Let him love on you. Awesome. That, 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 Paul actually said that the Judaizers who said you needed to be circumcised to be a Christian by works, he trash talked them and said, I wish those legalists would castrate themselves. <laughs> 
So he trash talked people who tried to make it more than grace. Yeah. So it literally don't do anything. Let God love on you. Yeah. Number seven, the promises of God. You have to believe the promises of God. Joy cometh in the morning. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Yeah. If you sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. As you delight yourself also in the Lord, he gives you the desires of your heart. What? That's insane. Yeah. Like you believe those promises, game over. Those are the seven things that are the, the that were the game changers in my life. That's amazing. Uh, first off, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Is that in your book? Uh, yes. Okay. So some of those are in the book, and then some of them will be in a future project. But a ton of that's in Optimus Fits. Optimus Fits really uh, points out the letting God love on you and going on friend ventures. Okay. So we talked about preaching to yourself, good practical steps. But what about the message that you have of hope, preaching to other people? Because I think. Well, could you even describe hope? Because I think when yeah, people think yeah, of yeah. hope, they think of hype. Yeah. And, and, and the reality is, is Jesus served when he was down and out, when he was discouraged. I've been discouraged. You've been discouraged. Being discouraged is a part of walking faith, um, of just playing that out. And so what, where does hope come into this message? Yeah. Being discouraged is part and parcel of the human endeavor. Like you cannot be a homo sapien and go on the enterprise of life without feeling a sevenfold horror of midnight darkness engulfing you in despair. Like it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that's a little dramatic, but I agree. It's true, dude. Yeah. You're going to go through really bad stuff. But hope in the Bible is not hype. Hope's based on the facts that God's been faithful in the past. He'll be faith. faith uh, we should be faith-filled about the future and fulfilled today. Because hope in the Bible is the Greek word el peace, and it means joyful, confident welcome. Mm. So we need more joy. Number one, yep. the average kid laughs 200 to 400 times a day. The average adult laughs 14 to 17 times per day. Wow. So I'm not a rocket scientist, but it seems like we're getting less rather than more joy the older we get. Yeah. True wisdom is not walking around bent over double, stroking your Gandalf beard with lines on your face written like script. True wisdom is, yeah, God, woohoo, I'm a kid. I enjoy the joy of being enjoyed by God. That's true wisdom and that's hope, joy. Hmm. Number two, El Peace in Greek, the word for hope is confident. Um, I think a lot of people think, oh, no one likes me, everyone hates me, why don't I just go eat worms, I'm so humble. But actually, the Bible never calls you a sinner in your present state, it always calls you a saint. Sinner is past tense, not present tense in the New Testament. So Paul never said to the idiots at Corinth, he said to the saints. Even though there was a guy sleeping with his dad's wife, they were getting drunk on communion wine, they were hoarding bread at the expense of the poor during the Lord's Supper, it was bad. And people were like, we wanna go back to the early church, but they had problems too. Yep. And, and, and yet, Paul called them saints. The most humble thing we can do is calling ourselves by what God says about us. We're saints. We're crowned with glory and honor. He's made us a little lower than the angels. We're Imago Dei, image of God, made in his likeness, kings and priests, royal priesthood, not orphans, but children of the most high God, not a carbon footprint, but a force to be reckoned with, not swirling protons, but a pronoun. Like we start speaking over our life the reality of who God says we are, and that gives us confidence, which mm. thereby welcomes all the miracles of God into our life. That's hope. Man, that hope is dope. That hope is dope, boy. As I've heard someone say that before. I've heard some. I've heard a very wise person say that once. <laughs> hey, what about the issue of this? Because you're going around. You, I'm sure you have on, on days, off days. You have ups and you have downs, just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, what about the aspect of just serving other people in your discouragement? Uh, the importance of Jesus has better to give than to receive. How is this principle of giving uh, and serving other people encouraged you? Because I, I found for me, when I'm discouraged, if I get my attention off myself and, and other people, it really helps me out 
in the season of discouragement. Yeah, you can either get lost in your own soul or you can focus on changing the world. Yeah. And we're meant to play offense. We're, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Gates are not offensive weapons. They're defensive mechanisms. We're the one doing the attacking. So when we go out there and we give other people hope, that encourages us in the process. Absolutely. Yeah. The last thing I want you to do is can you just encourage those that may be watching this that they have been preaching themselves, they're still discouraged, and maybe they just need another brother like you to mm-hmm. just give them promises of God just to encourage them and yeah. maybe a little last word of encouragement to people. You want me just to speak some promises? Dude, is that what you're saying? Whatever you want to do, man. Okay, cool. The Bible promises you go from glory to glory, grace to grace, strength to strength. As your days are, so shall your strength be. He turns your sorrow into joy, your mourning into dancing, puts off your sackcloth, girds you with gladness, gives you the garments of praise in exchange for the spirit of heaviness. Weeping endures for the night, joy comes in the morning. If you sow in tears, you will reap in joy. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, for they said among the nations, the Lord hath done great things for them. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you, for the Lord can save by many or by few. Is his arm too short that it cannot save? Is his ear too dull that it cannot hear? Thou shalt be the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. So be still and know that he is God, for he will be exalted among the nations. Mm. So do not be cast down, O my soul, but hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the health of my countenance and my God. We might be hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We might be perplexed, but we are not in despair. We might be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We might be struck down, but we are not destroyed because the God who begins a good work in you will be faithful to carry it forth to completion. No eye has seen, ear has heard, mind has conceived, nor has it entered the heart of man what the Lord has in store for you as you love him. Those are the promises of God for you. And those are just a few. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Let's go, boy. boy. See, it's so good to wash our minds in God's word. I hope that transforms the way we think about our discouragement that we can actually preach to ourselves the Word of God, be in community, serve other people, and still do the thing God has called us to do with some hope, baby. With some hope, because hope is dope. The God who calls you to it will bring you through it. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, man. I love you, dude. You're a boss. (laughs) Man, I just want to say I feel super blessed to be able to walk with you uh, through this journey of ministry. You're serving the Lord at your local church or in a certain uh, nonprofit or with your family or whatever it may be in this world, you're following God. And I just feel so blessed to be able to walk with you, to encourage you, to even think about this subject of preaching to yourself. Because I know that, listen, I may do a podcast once a week to give you some wisdom, but I'm, I'm not going to be with you everywhere you go. Uh, and neither is your pastor, neither is your good friends, but the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. And His Spirit is inside of you and He wants you to claim His promises. No matter if you're having a good season, right, or if you're having a bad season, He wants you to claim the promises that He has given us for your benefit. Uh, we need to be able to claim these promises to edify ourselves. And sometimes you just need people to remind you, yeah, the Word of God is for you. Uh, we are first Christians, children of God, uh, and we're just to live for Him and to seek His presence. And so I pray that you would take time to seek Him. Uh, we need to learn as church leaders to not lean into our busyness and think that that's fruitful, but all lean into the presence of God and who He is and know that that's where we're going to bear fruit. Jesus said, if you abide in me, then you will bear fruit. And it takes us slowing down and resting. And this is what the next One Piece of Advice video is uh, from Pastor Kelly from Calvary Chapel, uh, Boynton. I did an interview with him earlier uh, in the season, but he shares in this One Piece of Advice the importance of resting and taking a Sabbath. Resting and taking a Sabbath, which I know that you are going to enjoy and can apply immediately this week. (laughs) 
You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com, a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. Hello, so my name is Kelly Nothnagel. I am an associate pastor at uh, Calvary Chapel, the Boynton campus, and uh, Dan has asked me to give one piece of advice. So this is a little off the cuff, but um, this is kind of what's coming to my mind, and that would be always being willing to grow. Um, and I think I'm going to give also how I think we can stay in that fresh spot of being willing to grow, and uh, really I think it's spending time with the Lord. Um, and I know that sounds simple, I know it sounds cliche, but if you think of like the Ten Commandments, and we could look at that and go, maybe that's outdated, I don't know, but none of us would ever question, say, thou shalt not steal. Like, none of us would ever question or say, thou shalt not murder, and go, well, that's outdated. But the one I think that we question is the Sabbath. And I know there's a lot of, we can have a lot of ideas about what that means, but I have found when we, when we take that time and we establish that rhythm in our life to slow down our mind, to connect with the Lord, even just to go outside and look at nature, it's, it's amazing at how, how big you can see God really is and how it can set us up to want to grow, to, to realize there's so much more. The God of the universe that created all of space, that we don't even know where it ends, or you can look through a microscope, there's just so much that God can do. And to think that He has called us and allowed us to be a part of His plan, um, really just, it, it encourages me to, to really want to experience that all that God would have for me. So that would be my piece of advice is to live in a space where, where you are looking and you are exciting for what God would want to have for you and to want to grow. Because as soon as we think that we know it all, that's, you know, that's when we cap out. That's when we stop experiencing whatever it is that God would have for you. So I hope that's helpful, and uh, there you go. Well, hey, I know I'm not your boss, but please take a day off. Take a day of rest. Enjoy Jesus. Seek Him. We are called to work. The Sabbath says work six days, but on the seventh day, rest. And so take some time to rest in Jesus, not just a day off, but to restore your soul, to seek Jesus, to get to know Him, to pray extra, to, to seek Him in the scriptures, to, to have fellowship and enjoy the grace that He has given us. Ministry can have a lot of demands. Life can have a lot of demands on us. But Jesus is with us. He loves us. He cares for us. And so don't get so caught up in the ministry that you forget the person that you're doing this ministry for, Jesus himself. He loves you. He cares about you. And I pray that you would seek him this week. And so may you be encouraged by his spirit, by his word. Until next time, God bless you. And I'm praying for you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.